Hi, everyone. Michelle Bruckner here with the Showgirl Tip of the Day podcast. And I've got a special guest today, Maggie Berra, the creator of the blog, Actor Aesthetic. She's got over 12,000 followers on Instagram. It sounds like we do similar things. She's got a podcast also, and I am excited to talk to her. Maggie Barra is a professional actress and entrepreneur based in New York City. Off-Broadway, she was the baker's wife, Helen on 86th Street, Regional, Little Mermaid, Phantom, Fireside Theater, World According to Snoopy, Peter Pan, Les Mis, Connecticut Rep, and Grease, and TV, The Big C with Laura Lenny. Maggie can be heard voicing the role of Jane in Lady Jane's radio takeover on the musical podcast, One Million Musicals a BFA in musical theater from Texas State University. Maggie is also the founder of Actor Aesthetic, the actor lifestyle blog, podcast, and online learning community, educating artists pursuing a career in the theater industry. MaggieBerra.com. So excited. It sounds like we kind of do a little bit of similar things. Yeah, it It sounds sounds a little similar. Absolutely. Okay. I think I, I've listened to your podcast and I think it's I think it's a really valuable resource. I think that so much of of what we do is very much so like you learn as you go. And so something about my blog that I, I found was was starting to become helpful to other people as well, and I'm sure your podcast too, was just hearing people's stories and like what they're what they're dealing with, because what I found was there was some sort of gap between high school, college, and then the real world. Yeah, so I, I like to talk about that a lot as well on my, my blog and podcast. And yeah. So Maggie, when did you move to New York? I moved to New York. I graduated in 2017. And then I did a show in Houston. And then I went back home with my parents end of 2017 my family is from New Jersey so it wasn't terribly far outside of New York all right that looks like a nice apartment you got going thank on thank you uh, I actually live right outside New York I live in Hoboken and we just bought our place out in Hoboken my sister and I so we're really excited congratulations on that that's a big thing thank to you. own a place rather than yeah. keep paying rent mm-hmm. But it's hard, you know, especially in today's market, the prices of everything are just outrageous. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I wanted to talk to you about your journey after college. Yes. You always see New York City as your place of where your dreams could come true and where you could work. Yeah, Um so I went to school in Texas, and when I came back home, one, my whole family is out on the East Coast. So that was a big deal for me before I moved back home, was knowing that I would love to stay on the East Coast. Um, and I know LA, I have quite a few friends who have ventured out to LA, LA, but I would say for me, primarily New York has always been my home. So I knew from the start that that was where I was going to be. So it was a pretty, it was pretty much a no-brainer. I love LA also. My cousins live out there. I just found every time I visited, it took forever to get from one place to another. And I thought to myself, in New York, we can work and go to an audition 
and have a voice lesson and have a dance class all in the same day. But I didn't really see that happening in LA, at least when I was in my 20s. I was like, I'm just going to spend my whole day in the car. So you were saying the East Coast is yes. your is your jam. It's my jam too, although I've been listening to Audrey Helps Actors. Do you listen to that podcast? Yes, I do. Audrey Moore. And she really makes good points about the numbers in L.A. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everything is on tape at the moment. Right. I've been um, auditioning for TV and it's all tape. And I'm like, well, we could really be anywhere. So I'm just going to stay here for now just because my family is also on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. You live with your sister. That is cool. Is your sister close in age to you? Yeah, so she just graduated. She got her BFA in musical theater from Montclair. And uh, then she went for her master's and got that in computer science because she is a very, very smart cookie. Um, but but she is only uh, about three and a half years younger than me. Wow. Well, that is amazing. And it sounds like you all have a good business sense about you. I I would like to thank my dad for that. I feel like he's definitely instilled some really good uh, knowledge. I I definitely called him way too much on Friday to ask him questions about that exact topic. So I'm sure he is he is uh, very happy to hear that. So tell us about your blog. And I found you online, social mm. media. I thought you were doing some really good things on your Instagram. And I was like, wow, it sounds like she's a little bit on the same path as me with the podcast. Mm -hmm. And I don't have a blog yet, but that's something I'm working on this year. Mm -hmm. So did you start doing it for yourself? How did that start to come about? I love talking about this. So my senior year of college, I had to take some extra courses to be considered a full-time student because I went into school with a lot of AP courses already out of the way um, from high school. So I had a lot of credits. And so my senior year, in order to qualify for a um, the scholarship that we had, the musical theater students had been on, I had to be considered a full-time student. And I already had a lot of classes out of the way. So I took some classes in media and digital um, digital and online media, the history of mass media, things that I was really interested in prior, um, a lot of journalism and, and uh, topics like that. So I, for one of my classes, had to create a blog and it was for a grade and we had to build it from the ground up. I also had to create some social media for it as well and really figure out where I wanted to be with that blog. Now, knowing me, I knew that I had to, at least I wanted to create something that would not just stay with me for that class. I wanted to create something that would be able to, I would be able to sustain and also perhaps eventually start to um, have some sort of income from. So my, once I graduated college, I realized that the blog was, was starting to become something bigger than what I had initially thought of. And by creating my social media, I was able, the social media accounts for the blog, I, I was having conversations with, with actors roughly my age about things that they wanted to know more about. They were asking me questions about auditions and the logistics around them, the business side of things. And some of the stuff I I had heard in passing, some of the stuff I was still curious about. And so I would research and then 
And I would um, interview folks and then create a blog post for that. Or I would um, eventually the following year, I created a podcast for it. So I would um, answer those questions in podcast form. And then one thing turned into another. And then I created some courses for it and products online. And it was all just things that I, I felt was, you know, I wish I had um, when I was still uh, finishing up college. Uh, it was it was just information that I wish I had known prior. So I really made sure to package that all um, in a really efficient way because I know all of us are always on the go. And um, it has been quite a journey. And it really helps support your career, which I love. Right. Um, one of the things I've noticed is that you have, uh, you talk a lot about audition journals yeah. and that's something that I did way back when, and I think it's such a helpful tool because when you're so busy, you can go to multiple auditions and they mm. start to run together. And it's important to keep track of who you met and what you wore and what you sang and mm -hmm. all the things. Can you talk a little bit about your audition journal? Sure. So it varies. I think I think all actors should have one and you can have one in, in a digital form or if you'd like to write them, write this down, that's fine, too. Um, but something that I've noticed, you know, you had mentioned making sure that you include the what you wore, what you sang or what you performed, any feedback that you might have received in the room, uh, the people that you were in front of. And the reason why I like to do this in a digital form is because when you start to audition a lot, you're able to really quickly search uh, through any sort of spreadsheet um, or document that you have going on your computer, on your phone, whatever. You're able to search through and find people's names quickly. You're able to search through past auditions quickly, just at a click of a button. And that was really helpful, especially prior to the pandemic when I was going on a ton of auditions just about daily because of how many you can be on. Now, that is really helpful when you're in a bigger city and you are able to go on auditions frequently. But I'm finding it's also helpful to do when you're submitting a lot of self-tapes because what happens is you submit these self-tapes and because you're not as connected physically to them because you're not physically going into the room and auditioning, it's actually quite hard to remember little details about about self-tapes that you've sent in. And eventually that stuff can go away if you have some sort of like, if you're sending things out on a link or and something expires, you know, you're not able to readily get this information quickly. So I'm finding that it's really helpful for me, for my students, for my friends to have some sort of place where you're able to document this information. Because at the end of the day, it's going to come back and it's going to help you in the long run if, say, for example, you are called back in for a show you auditioned for six months prior. Um, that stuff is really important to look back on. Thank you. What are some of the things that you do as, as a musical theater performer? And what are some of your habits that you find helpful? I just want to share with the listeners because I have a lot of folks that are just starting out and mm -hmm. they've heard they've heard all my tips and tricks. And I just want to get somebody else who's active in the industry and mm -hmm. uh, really just getting it done. I commend you for getting it done. I appreciate that, Michelle. I think something I've found to be really helpful is to have a very steady lifestyle outside of performing. I also actively, you know, I have my blog and podcast, but I also actively have careers outside of this right now. I'm uh, working in marketing 
And it's something that I find is I'm really passionate about. So I think that's one thing that's really important is that we have some sort of life or, or lifestyle or career outside of this, um, especially right now, because, you, you, know, you know, the pandemic has still made things very much so up in the air. So until the theater industry really comes back, full force, I think it is important that we have some sort of balance outside of this. I also really, I, I really encourage folks to, to take control of the situation that they do have. There's a lot of stuff that is very much so out of our control in this industry, as you know, Michelle, but some of the things that we can control are our work ethic and we can control how we put ourselves out there. And even if, for example, you have an agent, they're only going to do so much of the work for you. But I think it is also important to stay on top of your craft. Make sure you're still taking classes, make sure you're still making connections and make sure you're still submitting yourself if that's something that is where you are in your career. And, and you know, you have a re- determined that's very much so determined by your relationship with your your agents or managers that you're working with. But I think it is really important that we continue to advocate for ourselves and put ourselves out there, even if you still have some sort of representation, because they're only going to do a percentage of the work for you. And it is your job to make sure your online content is still really great. You know, you still have a really fantastic resume and headshot and your musical theater audition book is is ready to go at any moment and and that you have some really solid material online that you can submit at any moment. I think that is really important to make sure that you are a member, especially now, especially when so much of what we do is still digital. I was just going to add to that. I was going to say that in the last two years, a lot of these auditions have switched to online. And I was going to ask your personal feelings about it. Yeah, I I would say that what's challenging about talking about this is I go very much so back and forth between I miss the in-person aspect of things, but I also think that self-tapes can be very efficient and there's there's two sides of the coin here because one i've noticed that you know you do have to become your own editor your own videographer your own everything um instead of just walking into an audition room and singing and dancing and acting and leaving you also are on the other side of things in the post-production of it all. Now, it doesn't have to be super extensive, but that is something to keep in mind. So there is a lot of that that comes into play. You know, make sure their lighting is good and make sure your sound is good and your background is good. That's stuff you didn't have to worry about when you were in, in person in auditions. But it is, I really do love it as a first round of things because I have had to go into the into auditions several times since the pandemic um, in person after doing any sort of digital self-tape. And I love that because then I know when I'm walking into the audition room that I am being considered and that in that in some way it, it's sort of like a, a mutual uh, line of respect between me and the folks behind the table is, okay, she's being considered great. Um, you know, it doesn't feel like anyone's waste of time. I never really thought auditions were a waste of time ever, but it, it does feel less so of that. And I, I, I love it. I love, I love self-tapes because I think once you get a, a good handle on things, they become easier. Uh, they become easier to, to create and... That's all I'll say about that. I think I think there's there's definitely two sides of the coin there. I agree. And I the more I do it, the more fun it's become for me. And I just find I find if you get a groove, like you find where when the good light comes in in wherever whatever space you're in and yeah. if you find 
you know, the time of day, like I prefer to do it early in the morning and mm. preset the night before, then I do it, I submit it. And then I just feel that sense of accomplishment, like you got that done. And what I also like is that an entire day is not spent traveling and waiting. Right. So that really frees you up to do other things and you can still feel like you're working on your career. Absolutely. Yeah. Couple more questions. I know you've got to dash today, but <laughs> what would you what are your personal goals for 2022? Oh, great question. I, my biggest goal is trying to find, and like I said, this before, I said as some words of encouragement is finding some sort of balance between it all. Um, my biggest goal is to find that balance. You know, I, well, I am always someone who wants to do a million things at once. And I think at the root of it all, it's because I want to continue growing. And it's important that we remember how vital it is to continue growing. And that's not just in theater. Yes, I would love, I think some of my goals for this year is to take more class and to get better at singing, to get better at dancing, to get better at acting, but also to feel more confident after these two and a half years away from performing live. My first experience back performing live was just in February and March, and I did uh, The Baker's Wife off-Broadway, and we got to work with Stephen Schwartz, which was really, really exciting for me. But something that I found was, wow, this is two, you know, this was two years after not performing live. What is this going to be like? I had to swing the show. And there's, some of it is riding a bike, it's like riding a bike, but then there's other aspects where you realize, you know, because you're, you've been out of it for so long, you have to sort of start from the ground up. So my biggest goal is to find that balance between all of the things that I want to do outside of theater, but also to, to dedicate some more time to why I love to do this and, and to just get better. I think ultimately I would, I would, I, my goal has always been to be a working actor in any capacity. So I would just love to get better and make sure that I, I'm, confident in what I have to offer to the theater industry. I love this answer. And I think that that is why you're going to have a long career because Mm. so many people just see the flash and the success. And there's a lot of actors I know that just want to be a star. And to me, it's not about being a star. It's about the journey. And like I've said on my podcast, you just meet so many, so many exciting, interesting people along the way. And it's not one job. It's a culmination of all the relationships that you make and the reputation. This is my last question for you. What, mm-hmm. how do you feel an actor's reputation? It's very important to me. If mm-hmm. I hear of someone, if I hear of someone who's just really truthful and respectful, that goes a long way with me in terms of casting. So have you ever encountered a situation where someone's reputation precedes them, good or bad? Yeah, absolutely, which is in uh, in a way unfortunate, but also it's something that you have to be really, really mindful of. And that's that's the case with anything in life, not just theater, but especially in theater, because we are so much we're we're very vulnerable. Um, And as actors, as performers, we are put in very vulnerable positions where we do have to show ourselves as actors as humans it's we can't really hide behind a screen you know and it's 
I, I've definitely noticed in all aspects as as a performer, sometimes I've sat behind the table at auditions and those conversations come up. And that has just proven how important it is to be a good person and to go out of your way to be a good person in theater. Um, people love to work with people that they can trust and that are just genuinely happy to be there and are smart about what they do, but also are just friendly and, and outgoing in that way. There's something that you gravitate towards, and I'll never forget, I always bring this up whenever someone asks me about this, but my sister did, when she was younger, she did the tour of Little House on the Prairie, the musical, and Carol oh, yeah. Lindsay. Yeah, and uh, Carol Lindsay, this was one of her, like, I, I had a conversation with, with her about this, but this was one of her, like, really big first jobs that she had. She had several prior, but it was like one of the really big first ones. And she had mentioned that it was scary because she was leading a show and she was concerned that she wouldn't live up to, you know, the producer's expectations, the director's expectation, but she still knew that she had to be more than more so than just being a good performer. She had to be a good leader and she had to be a good person. And I will never forget that. And that lives on with you forever. You know, that you know, people, everyone's good. Everyone's very talented in this business, especially if you're pursuing it professionally. But it's the it's the good people that you remember. And so I I strive to be that way. There's definitely moments where you can fall short if you're if you're someone that maybe so someone a little bit like me who finds themselves more introverted and in larger areas with lots of people. It is important that you do have a good head on your shoulders. That is something that people always remember. I love your answer. Thank you. Where can people find you? Great question. So I, as you know, I have a, um, a blog and a podcast. You can find me on social media at Actor Aesthetic, or if you'd like to follow me personally on Instagram, you can find me or TikTok, all of the things, all of the shenanigans. Um, you can find me at Maggie Berra. And uh, if you'd like to follow the podcast online or, or, or the blog, you can go to www.actoraesthetic.com. Thank you. Well, thank you for coming on today. You're amazing. And I wish you all the success. Thank you so much, Michelle. I appreciate it. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode with Maggie Barra. Isn't she great? Next week, it's Halloween, friends. I'm going to be sharing some spooky tales, some from the theater, some from just regular everyday life. But, ooh, ooh. Thanks for listening. If you want to know more about my online teaching and coaching, please go to www.michellebruckner.com and join my mailing list. You'll get the inside scoop on all things Club Showgirl. The Showgirl Tip of the Day podcast has original music composed by Joshua Holloway. Find him on YouTube, Joshua Holloway Music. This podcast is written by Michelle Bruckner and edited by Michelle Bruckner and Joshua Holloway. Find me on Instagram, Showgirl Tip of Day. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again next week with a new episode. Oh,